Welcome to Conscious Curiosity SD, where successful San Diego leaders share their stories of leading beyond profit and are using the influence of business to positively change the companies and communities we all work and live in. I'm your host, Jeff Blanton from Jailbreak Leadership, a process that unlocks the full potential of your company by solving the problems that are impacting your growth. I want to thank our sponsors, the Collaborative Community of San Diego Business Organizations, the Better Business Bureau, Conscious Capitalism, and Be Local San Diego. We're all focused on supporting this next generation of leader. Welcome to the show. What if this was the purpose of your business? We exist to better the lives of others every day. The results are in for our guest today. A perennial winner of the best place to work in San Diego. So apparently the employees are finding that to be a good mantra. One of the fastest growing private companies in America, that validates the business results. And a perennial winner here at the BBB, and the winner of the International Torts Awards for Ethics. So obviously, the rest of the world is watching this and saying, man, that's a good standard to have. Well, today in the studio, we have the man behind the vision, Johnny Gallagher. Johnny, welcome. Thanks, Jeff. It's great to be here. Johnny's a co-founder, CEO, and owner of Coastal Payroll. Uh, Founded in 2007, Coastal Payroll has been providing high-level customer service to their clients through solution-driven payroll and HR services. He's a father of four, triathlete, somewhere along the way, I saw there, (laughs) (laughs) golfer, and a leader who's making a significant difference in our community of San Diego. Johnny, this is going to be a lot of fun today, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I've been looking forward to it as well, so uh, happy to be here, Jeff. Thanks. So I have to say, not to raise the bar too high, but I was at an event I got invited to last week, and I ran into uh, some employees and some associates, and, and they, I said, oh, I'm going to have your boss on my show. And they all went, oh, man, he's awesome. He's going to be the best podcast ever. And so uh, now I'm feeling pressure. That's right. <laughs> Normally I'd say they, they said it just as I wrote it, but hopefully it was authentic for them. Yeah, I definitely felt it was authentic, so it's yeah. awesome. Cool. So I'd like to start off a little bit like we typically do is uh, we want to know a little bit about you. If you can give us a little insight on who's Johnny Gallagher, maybe what are some of the defining moments that have occurred in your career that's uh, led to, you know, starting Coastal and yeah. where you're at today. Yeah, totally. So I'm a happily married father of four. So my wife, Tracy, is from San Diego. I'm originally from Richmond, Virginia. I've got a 15-year-old son named Brady, 13-year-old son named Parker, and identical twin uh, girls, Ashlyn and Peyton, who are 10 years old. Got the, so you got the mix. Perfect. We got it, man. It's awesome. So that's the family life. But kind of how do we, like, how did I get into starting a payroll company? Which, ironically enough, I said to Tracy when I left ADP back in 2001 that I'd never sell payroll again. So how did I get here? Careful Um, what you say. That's so right. When I was at ADP, so I I sold at ADP for a brief period of time, which many know is the nation's largest payroll company. I sold from like 2000, 2001, left to chase an opportunity doing private education lending for a division of Sally May. Uh, We were offering unsecured loans to trade schools, uh, tutoring centers, so on and so forth. So I had left ADP um, and was doing that for a while. But while I was at ADP, my oldest brother, David Gallagher, started his own payroll company in Richmond, Virginia, where I'm originally from. So this is in the blood in some Yeah. Fashion. Oh, uh, just wait till we get into the family mix. It's crazy. 
And so he had done it for a while. And, and, you know, fast forward five years, I'm at Sally Mae. I was home for Thanksgiving one year, sitting around the Thanksgiving table. Uh, and I was like, gosh, I want to do my own thing. And my brother David said, Johnny, why don't you start a payroll company? And, you know, and I'd read all the books, do what you love, do what you're passionate about. I said, well, I don't love payroll. He, he said, who loves payroll? It's not payroll you're going to love. It's the business you're going to love. He said, you could take our model, put it in San Diego and avoid all the mistakes we made when we started. I was like, man, that sounds like a good deal. He goes, you don't even know how good of a deal it is. He goes, you'll have something I never had. And that's me. I was like, oh, okay, I get it, Dave. But in, in his model, he said, look, I won't support you unless you get a business partner. And it was a very generous gift where he's like, hey, I'm just going to show you the blueprint, right? But what, what was his philosophy behind you had to have a partner? Yeah, well, because in his model, one owner needed to focus on sales because, you know, it's not a get-rich-quick business. Uh, and it's a very consequential business. So an owner in his model needed to focus on operations and service. If you think about getting it wrong, there's penalties, interest. Uh, you're just dealing with incredible uh, responsibility and liability. And he and I are both kind of cut from the same cloth, literally, and uh, uh, both sales-oriented guys, not overly detailed and not the right people to So he run knew that. you. He knew me. Yeah, and exactly. <laughs> and in his model, is like, hey, it's a great oper- uh, model for growth uh, and doing it the right way. So can I, I, can I just comment on that? Yeah, because I think uh, one of the challenges for like the sole entrepreneur starting a business, mm. it's kind of in line with what you just said. We all have some natural Benson talents. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're like the everything. Mm-hmm. And so you're probably going to lean well into the stuff you're good at. Yeah. And the other stuff's all going to fall apart. But a good business is never going to be successful if you can't hit on all cylinders. Well, and, and, so that, and, and that's, uh, we that's can huge. come back that's to that idea. too. Yeah. Right. And maybe later on where I got to the point where I was really embracing what I was bad at. And a lot of people in the beginning are, are trying to be the jack of all trades and you, you simply right. cannot do it. It's not the way that we're built as human beings to be very few are excellent at everything. So anyways, went home. I haven't met them yet. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> went home and uh, was, was really excited about the idea. And one of my roommates and good friends uh, is a guy named Craig Coleman, who uh, was a CPA, is a CPA and was a consultant at Ernst & Young. I mean, he was spending 150 nights in a hotel room really getting over the consulting life. And we both were either dating or engaged to our now respective wives. And I think maybe his wife, Becky, was also wondering, gosh, I wonder, is this going to be our life? So when I brought him the idea, he looked at it, he's like, gosh, this sounds like something we could do. And we just looked at it. And then we went to uh, Tracy and Becky and said, hey, what do you guys think? And they said, well, how hard is it going to be? We said, well, you know, we'd mapped it out. It's probably going to go about nine months without taking a paycheck. And you know, but if we can do this, we can hit these sales numbers. In five years, we'll be sitting on the beach and not have to worry about it. You know, it was just such a great idea. And so naturally, that was not exactly how it went. It's, but good, it's, it's good to have a plan. Though. Yeah, exactly. Well, and it was about ten, uh, nine, 10 months where we didn't take home a paycheck. That part was, that part was right. Huh? Yeah, yeah, it was. And it was, it was twice as almost long and twice as hard and twice as expensive as you think. Right, always. Which is always, right? I'm sure you give that advice to, to most new business leaders. Man, that was a lot of fun. In that first year, a lot of things happened, right? Tracy got pregnant. Uh, she lost her pharmaceutical sales job. It was a very defining moment for me. Um, we worked seven days a week, 12 to 15 hours a day for about a year and a half. Um, I didn't sleep much for those first two years. I'd wake up at two in the morning wondering what we were doing, you know, that whole thing. But looking back, I mean, we we, we were so committed um, we worked so hard and we were so passionate. And that first year we got about a hundred clients. And wow. I think we turned a profit in about four months, right? When you're not 
it's not expensive and you're not taking money home. You can turn a profit. And we did. We very quickly started to create a brand around quality. And, and I attribute that to Craig because he's, he's just such a detail-oriented, process-driven guy. Which you need in that business. We have to. And that was kind of the start, you know, and, and fast forward today, it's coming up on 16 years. We've got over 3,000 customers, about 140 employees around the world. It's been a ton of fun. Awesome. Your brother said no one likes doing payroll. That's right. <laughs> There's a whole other reason to do the business. That's so right. maybe talk about that a little bit. Why are you in the business? What are you trying to get done over there? Well, look, they're, they're, companies have defined this before. You've got ADP, you've got paychecks. They've been doing it for... 60 years, there was an opportunity for us to come in and do it what we thought was better. You know, they, they might disagree, but we looked at them and said, well, there's a way to put a personal touch to this. Because the thing is, you know, it's not like the, the highest revenue per account business or highest margin, but it is a very frustrating business to be a part of if you're on the receiving end of bad service. Like imagine an employee getting paid wrong or imagine trying to deal with the IRS um, and you've got a question or you got a notice, tax notice. I mean, a lot of their notices go out just by automation and then not always validation. So it could be wrong. So then you're on the, you know, hold with the IRS for an hour and a half, two hours. And, and it's not your forte. It's not your specialty. So, you know, we knew we'd come in and put in some systems and procedures, but also do it in a way where we brought really great service to the customers, where we actually tried to have a positive impact on their life too. And we talk about that with our employees on a regular basis. Like, hey, you got to smile on the phone because that mm. person's having a bad day. And if you can get them to smile, let's just smile. You've had a positive impact on their lives. You're not trying to change their life always, but have a positive impact. And if we're doing that in everything that we do, it really is transformational. And that's kind of where that, that came from. Now, how do you do that? So you got 140 people. How do you get 140 smiling people? Not to mention in 2023 where everyone is mm, either working right. from home or not wanting to come in the office or during COVID, however many employees said, oh, by the way, we're moving out of the state. Not always asking. Like, this is what my family's doing. And there was no employees to be found to replace. So you're like, okay, this is the way things are changing. It's like the way the, the cards have been dealt now, right? right? And, and, and let's step back to before that where if you came in my office, you would have felt the culture. It was palpable. There was an energy. And I always said, like, if you looked at you know, my your own, website even gives that feeling. It, it, and that it was does. intentional. It's, it's pretty cool, yeah. Right? I mean, and, it looks like, this is like a fun place to work. It looks totally, like, yeah. Just yeah. how you guys have done that, yeah. And like, you know, like we kind of have this big, open, long office. And, and what I always said was the most important barometer of success in our office was the vibe that went up and down. Right. The, the feeling you could feel when the culture was down, you could feel yeah. when the culture was flying. And, you know, at times I would just kind of wonder, what is everybody, you know, doing? But but then COVID comes in and that had its own challenges in itself. But how do you continue a culture where everyone is remote and wanting to be so? And I remember we had a few employees start after the lockdown, probably April of 2020. So these are new employees. New employees, and maybe they'd been there a month or two, but I remember they started after the lockdown. Some had never stepped in the office, which was completely unacceptable pre-COVID to us. So they had no reference point exactly. to what this culture was. And they was. said, I can't believe how great the culture is here. And I was shocked. I'm like, how can you say it? You don't even know. You know, but to them, they did. 
it's always been important for us to convey that culture, to really go back to our 12 core values that we reference regularly and, and we, we talk about on a continual basis. There's a few things we do fundamentally, I think, that are differentiators. And people think it's, you know, like, oh, I couldn't do that in my organization or that's just not important or my employees will scoff at it. Every single morning at 9 a.m., everyone gets on a Zoom meeting and we have a morning huddle, the whole company. How long is that? Uh, usually seven to 11 minutes. Perfect. An agile approach to totally. let's set the day. You know, here's, you know, there's always a, a template and somebody new is leading that meeting every nice, day. Nice, nice. Right? So, and they're nervous. And of I'm course. Like, yeah, you know, <laughs> it's part of the fun. <laughs> and totally. And, and so we're like, okay, this is how many payrolls we got going today. Here's, you know, how many clients we're taking live. Hey, our rock star of the month is still Jorge. Blah, blah, blah. Hey, way to go, Jorge. This, that, and the other. Um, value of the month is uh, wow your audience, right? And there's a quote of the day. And celebrating birthdays and anniversaries. Hey, want to turn it to any challenges we need to talk about? Oh yeah. Yesterday, uh, there was an issue with the system or this calculation or an update that did this. I want to make everyone aware. All right. Got it. And uh, let's turn it over to shout outs. And then just randomly people, Hey, I want to shout out Bethany had an issue with a client. She got involved and she was so great. Oh, Bethany shout out, uh, Taylor. She just got involved on something and, uh, you know, it just, whatever it may be, it's just a moment of ad hoc recognition. Mm -hmm. First of all, this is where we are. This is where we're going. Just really quick statements and then just recognition and camaraderie, you know, but it's also kicking off the day. Totally. <laughs> totally. <laughs> you know, nine o'clock. People should be awake by then, right? Well, exactly. I'm like, hey, do I'm we a, start this I'm thing a, at nine? But I'm an afternoon guy. I can't do this till one. But, you know, anyways, yeah. gets gets the ball rolling, gets everybody moving in the same direction, come out of the project management world and mm. uh, the whole agile, the whole stand-up 10-minute totally. meeting. It's just it's just a wonderful way to get get the ball rolling and yeah. and track where we're at. And, yeah. yeah, oh, we got a problem? These two people need to talk. Okay, great. Yeah. Go, go well, talk. Don't. And I'll steal examples from other leaders like one you've interviewed, Matt Failing, uh, who I'm I'm on his board and uh, president uh, of the Better Business Bureau of, of Pacific Southwest. I remember him talking about the five and 10 rule. And this was pre-COVID where we were like, hey, at 10 feet, somebody that comes in the office that we don't recognize, you make eye contact and greet them with a smile. And at five feet, you welcome them with kind words. Hey, can I help you? Welcome to Coastal Payroll Minute. That set the stand in those Meetings. What? That's one example of just really setting expectations and reminding the team. Because once you go into the day, you just get in the rhythm. So if you're not constantly beating the drum right. of who we are and what we're trying to do, you know they'll get over it. And and honestly, there's a lot of employees out there that if they hear their leader be like, "Hey, I want you to wow your audience today," you know, and then they don't hear it for three months, <laughs> and then you say it three months later, they roll their eyes. But they're like, Johnny is never going to stop saying this. That's so, what you have to do, Johnny. What, I mean, I, you, well, you're making the point that too often leaders say, well, I said that. Mm -hmm. Well, you have to say it and say it and say it and say it. You got to keep repeating the values. You got to keep repeating our vision, our yeah. mission and what we're up to over here. People, you know, we forget. We're in yeah. the grind, right? Yeah. So that's one example. And, and just another thing I think we do that's really been transformational is just our monthly state of the union. It's probably similar to what a lot of companies do, but it's, it's usually an hour to 90 minutes where we are giving an update of the prior month. We talk about metrics, KPIs, uh, what's going on in the company, where our revenue is, where we are in, in relation to meeting our goals. 
and going through that and then kind of what we're looking to do moving in the future. And it just keeps everybody on pace. And so I don't think an employee can say they don't know the vision. They don't know where we're coming from and where we're going. And I think that's important. And I think they feel tied into the organization that way. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So how do you hire? How do you find the right people for that, for the environment you're trying to create? Man, so it's really interesting. I remember I was at an event probably in 2009, 2010. Uh, it was put on by a local HR organization. And there was a guy, I think his name was John Sarkeesian, not a football coach. He was uh, the CEO of a local Carlsbad company called Skills, S-K-L-Z. They make sports-related equipment and stuff like that. Really cool. And he was talking about that culture and everything. And we weren't even near where we are today. We are just bootstrapping it. And I said, you know, hey, how do you hire people? Because we're having, a, you know, going on Craigslist and finding the wrong people. And he said, got it. Um, you know, a lot of people find us. Mm, that's something, right? Right? Turn around. I mean, that's kind of how it's felt. For a while, they, a lot of people found us or employees are bringing, hey, you got to come to Coastal. This place is awesome. So they're finding good people that they know and bringing them in. Because as you know, no one's going to try and refer somebody that's bad. It, it happens quite rarely. So that's it. Now, when you grow consistently 20% or more, I mean, I don't know. We might have hired 40 people last year. So you a lot think, of people. It's a lot of people. It is hard to just get null referrals. So you start doing the recruiting thing. and But it, it's always tying it back to whether or not these people fit into our core values. And we actually, through the interview process at the end, have them pick the three most important values and document which ones they, or they think are the three most important values and why. Mm. And it's very interesting what you'll get. Sometimes they'll print it out and they'll circle it. Interesting data to collect and look at the whole body of work. There you Absolutely. Go. Like, right? See like, what people are drawn to. Yeah. Oh, this yeah. guy didn't work out. Okay. <laughs> there's that. But there's also like somebody just prints out a screenshot of the website and like number one, number two, number three, no detail, no, no collaboration on it. You're out. Mm. Right. Somebody from the heart really shows that giving back to their community and those in need and they substantiate, they, they can support why. Have a story because, to tell. Yeah. Here's why this is important to me. Yeah. yeah. And, and then you're like, okay, this is the kind of person I think that's going to, that's going to fit in well. We actually have all the employees take the Wonderlick test which um, is actually done in the NFL combine, believe it or not, but it's an aptitude test as well. So can you do this? And, and do you have really the mental aptitude for the specific role? And what's interesting is, is sometimes you find that they don't. So they're right, not right. going to be- What is not, it, the Wonderlick? The Wonderlick, W-U-N-D-E-R. I think it's L-I-C-K, if I'm not mistaken. I'll have to, we can Google it. And then also- are you too smart for the role? Which is interesting too. And we've had a couple of those. First of all, we hire them, but they're not going to be in that role very long. Recognize. Right? Yeah. They're, they're, and it's good because they've, they've moved on. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we have one uh, lady that was the only person that scored a perfect score on the arithmetic. Sure enough, I mean, she has moved through roles and now she's our director of training. And she kind of created that. Ran a math class. Yeah. <laughs> she does math jokes. I mean, it, it's, it's like every We knew time, what the payroll to come out right. So yeah. we do want people to be able to add oh and subtract gosh, at least. Yeah. Right? So, so those are some of the things I think that we do. It's, it's never a hundred percent. 
We do good. I I love that, uh, the test you're talking about, because I think that's something, you know, people say, well, we got these values and, you know, integrity or honesty or whatever. It's like, okay, well, that's, that's good. That's usually not where the conflict comes in. The conflict comes in is is your match to the job. Sure. You know, say say we're a very aggressive, fast moving company and you're a very, well, I need all the data. Mm -hmm. I don't like make, you're not going to fit. It's going to be uncomfortable. At least that position. Yeah. You found that. that. So understanding those kinds of things are huge. So I'm going to have to check that test out. I wasn't familiar with that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a pretty good one. So what are your top three uh, values? What do, you, what, do you, what do you guys got? 10, I think? Yeah, we, have, we have 12. 12? Okay. Yeah. I what mean, are your top three and why? Yeah. <laughs> wow your audience. So if you're, if you're anyone's listening and want a job. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Start, start listening. <laughs> right, write this down. Wow your audience. I mean, to me, that one is like, when was the last time you were dealing with a vendor and you felt wowed? Or you were, you know, you're a customer can I uh, say absolutely. never? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, has AT&T wowed you? Oh, yeah. But I'm like, that's what I'm like. Hey, if you hang up with a customer and you just know it didn't go well, pick up the phone and call them back. Say, I, I don't think I answered your question. Well, that'd be a shocker. Exactly. And when you do that, it creates tremendous loyalty. Has a uh, second one is to have a positive impact on the lives of others. That's very much in our mission statement and our vision as well. Mm-hmm. And so, so, that's so what we kicked it off with. That, that's exactly right. You found yeah. that. That one is, to me, kind of why we're we're doing what we're doing. I, and then I just love invest in personal growth. I see all the time our team members, maybe one company time studying Salesforce, and and what they're doing is they're you know we're, we're helping them do this. They they maybe want to move into this role. Sometimes it takes them away from the company and into a different job. They've enriched their life. You know, and I don't ever want people to leave, but we've had a number of employees leave and start companies or leave and go into different careers. And it quite often, they give us three to five months notice. So, and when we say that, we're like, hey, look, if you're going to leave now, now, if you leave to a, com- a competitor, pardon me, it's yeah. going to be the end. Right? Uh, I, I want to wish you luck, but I don't, but you know, but of course, yeah. I mean, and we always want people to do well, but like, if, if you're going to go somewhere else, give us like, we're not going to make you leave that day will facilitate a, a change and a, and a move off. And quite often they're finding their replacement, they're training them and then they're going and, and we remain in touch for, for a while. So I just think those ones are, are pretty important. I, th- I think it's kind of interesting. You say, well, you talk to some people, oh, I can never do that in my company or my people would think this or whatever. And it's like, I think that's a big um, confusion. People are human and all the things you're talking about is human stuff. Yeah. You know, we're recognizing you as a person and we want to have fun. Right? I mean, totally. So getting the right fit, you know, the right skill set for the job requirements, mm-hmm. which is part of what you guys are doing. That's great. But the other part, I mean, I think that's what everyone's seeking. I don't think anyone starts day one on any job hoping, oh, I hope this is a grind, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, but to be able to walk into an environment that's like, wow, this is a great place to work. I feel like I'm heard. I'm seen. We're having yeah. fun. Who doesn't want that? Well, and, and, and it starts before the first day. I took this idea, like I told you, I steal ideas from great leaders. I had a, a life coach in the, in the name of a gentleman by uh, the name of Jim Pratt, who at one point ran sales for Northwestern Mutual Financial, and then he left and started a number of mortgage companies. Uh, and just a phenomenally successful guy, and he died at the young age of 93, Right. And so he and I would get together once a month and we talk about everything. But he always talked about how critical it was from the point of getting an offer to the day you start. Because mm. that's when the wheels start turning in the mind. 
Maybe this isn't right. Or another company was courting that person. And they have a period of time that's like, oh, I, you're saying, that, what if we change this offer and we bring, you know, so you can lose them. So we send out a welcome box that has champagne. Oh, um, uh, nice. Yeah, uh, we're, there's a shirt, there's a notepad, there's a this, there's a meet your team, right? And not only does that person feel good, but think about what their spouse thinks. Wow. Finally. Know? Yeah. <laughs> Finally, you yeah. might have a job you come home happy from. Dude, and you know what they do? Half the time, they post it on social media, a picture. Check this out. I can't wait to start at Coastal Payroll. And then all those people see it. So that's when it starts, mm. uh, is there. But culture, it sounds so cliche. And, and I've been interviewed a lot, and I've given a lot of presentations on culture. But it's the one thing that I obsess about. And trust me, I get tired of obsessing about it too. Like it's exhausting. Who does, you know, someone's like, Hey, I'm a workout fanatic. Well, guess what? That person tires from the routine from time to time, but it is so critical. And, I, and sometimes I sit across the table from other CEOs and they're like, Oh, we've got a great culture. And you look over and the person sitting next to them is like rolling their eyes, like literally, you know, like, no, we I don't. think it's a great culture. That's right. <laughs> no one said bad, anything bad to me about it. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> or they're scared to. Our turnover is a little high, but uh, we're working on it. Yeah. And, and I always say culture is like a plant. It is growing or it is dying and it has to be nurtured. And quite honestly, it's coming from from you. I mean, everyone else will play into it, but it's yeah. got to come from the leadership. Yeah, and, that, and that's this kinda, is what we do here. Yeah, yeah and, at, and at 16 years of doing this, we, you know, Craig and I now have hired great leaders that are kind of taking a lot of the day-to-day -day things away from us, which is great. You know, I finally have that real flexibility to kind of pursue things I love. You hit and, that five-year mark where you're hanging that, out on the beach. That's right, only at 16 years. And, um, <laughs> Overnight and, success. That's right, but, but I still do want to drive the culture it doesn't take a lot as long as everyone, I think, buys into it. I think in general they do. You know, some might say, oh, I don't know, you're there, but I, I think we work really hard at it. Well, you're having the success, right? Business is growing. Yeah. People are sticking around. People yeah. referring people in. Totally. Oh, something to be said. What else do you want to measure? Yeah. Those are the measures. Well, and, and it, what is important to people is different for every single human being. You have to also get comfortable with people leaving and you also have to be comfortable saying, hey, this isn't a good fit, right, right. right? I'm not right for you or you're not right for us. You're not living up to our expectations or, hey, we're not living up to yours and we're going to work on that. You know, I hope you find a place that does. Oh, that's a great point right there because too often I think uh, the tough conversations don't happen. Mm -hmm. So it's great to see you're talking about, oh, here's all the positive things we're doing. It's yeah. all kumbaya. It's great. But then a day, to your point, often uh, some things aren't working out, and too often they get ignored and kind of well, it'll work its way out, or I'm sure they'll figure out they're a bad fit and they'll quit. But you know, five years later, they're yeah. still here causing difficulties. That's a, that's a key. That's a key to leadership. Well, in, in doing the in, tough conversation. Yeah, and that is summed up in the concept of just a lack of accountability, a culture of lack of accountability, and great employees hate that, right? Because they look and they're like, "Gosh, I work so hard." And I look over there and they're not doing it. And they've been here in the, a similar role. And that's interesting too. Like when you look at the development of a leader, quite often the easiest thing to do is get your people to like you. I just want to be friends with my team. It's kind of like being a parent, but, but different, but you still. Some similarities for yeah, sure. Yeah, there are, right? Because it's easy to let the kids just go and be on their devices and not have to 
do the un, unfunny things. Yeah. Exactly. And the same thing with underperforming team members. It's like, we have got to address this. One, because a lot of things can go sideways if you don't. It can affect growth. It can affect profitability. When profitability and growth aren't on track, people don't get raises, right? You have to start laying things off. And when you're going into a negative economy, a down economy, and those things aren't going, it gets real ugly. So there's a lot of benefits to, you don't have to be mean, it's just accountable. Just here's the facts. That's it. I mean, a lot of what uh, we do at Jailbreak Leadership has to do with what you're doing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, how do we raise up people? How are we in the right spot? How do we get them enrolled in the mission and vision we're doing? Totally. But when it comes to team performance, it's about the word performance. Do we really know what we're trying to get done? Are we measuring it? And is everyone stepping up into that? Because to your point, I always find it interesting, like there'll be that non-performer who'll be there forever. Yeah. And maybe just causing lots of difficulties. And finally, management says, hey, this isn't working. And management's feeling bad. Like they don't yeah. want to, they don't want to do the task. Yeah. And they, they actually come back to the team going, you know, feel like, is everybody okay that we fired Joe? And they're like going, geez. Oh, yeah, <laughs> finally. finally. Exactly. Well, and you said something too that's really interesting. And I think this is where you see an organization start to grow up is when you start measuring performance or measuring productivity. There's a phase in a business where we're all just trying to make it. We're all running fast. That's it. You know, it's just like, oh, you know, and the the CEO is doing everything and the president is doing every, as they should. Like everyone's like, you know, when I started, everyone's like, oh, read the book E-Myth and you're going to work on your business and not in your business. Well, guess what? Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's seven years down the line. I'll work on my business at night and work in the business, you know, all all day long. Exactly. But when you get to the point where you really start measuring, you know, you get KPIs in there and and, and you understand productivity and uh, metrics and stuff. And that, that's really, I think that's a big differentiator for a lot of folks. And and that's why you have to work on the business. Yeah. I mean, you know, you do a little sports analogy. You start, you start to look at sports teams. I mean, mm-hmm. and we had a high level. Hey, there's a scoreboard just to start out with. Everyone, know, everyone knows if we're winning or losing. Everyone knows if we got our first down or, or we didn't. Yeah. So we know what the team's doing. That's right. And then everyone's being looked at. They have videos. That's <laughs> right. Let's play that again. Let's play that again. Yeah. Maybe not quite the intensity, but at some level, we need to know where we're at, how we're doing, yeah. and then how are people playing the game. That's right. right. So Absolutely. And, and as a Philadelphia Eagles fan, let it be known that the Eagles are going to the Super Bowl in 2023. So That's the football analogy. Yeah, that's right. Asterisk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You know, you run a sizable business. Uh, we're here in uh, early 2023. Lots of people are talking about recessions, all those kinds of good stuff. So as a business leader, what, what are you worrying about right now, Johnny? What, 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 are your, what are your thoughts? What are you preparing for? How we fit in uh, moving into a changing economy, right? And I think we are positioned very well. A sizable part of our business is HR. Quite often, HR is the first department that gets cut. I'm focused on us being so indispensable to our clients that we don't get cut. And if they have fat within the organization, we are the stable part. Um, so I want to I want to stay relevant there. How, how are you positioning that then with your clients? Well, we're really working on it now. And that part of the business, the HR part of the business is relatively new. Uh, we have grown that incredibly fast. So that is something that we are continually evolving. Part of it is putting in really great metrics, KPIs, predictors for our clients and letting them know what's going in their organization. Because the funny thing is, is the CEO is going to sign the document and say, okay, yeah, I want Coastal to come in and help lead my HR. But then they kind of stay out of it. M- many do. 
Um, so it's really getting back to them and reporting. I delegated. To them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, here's my team. I am hiring you because I don't want to deal with it. But really getting to them the information that says, here's what is going on in your organization. Did you know this? This is a risk. Here's some trends. So again, look at it. And say, you do oh, some assessments along the way, employee uh, engagement, those kinds of things. Yeah, to, absolutely. Right. Yeah. I mean, the first thing we're trying to do is just identify compliance risks. Mm, You're right. getting in there and, and not get sued or whatever. Well, and in California, Jeff, I mean, it's right. just, it, it's so aggravating. And, and we, as a company are always looking back and we're like, Oh my God, new rule. Yeah. We, we have to adjust our policies because of that. And, and you know, it, it's not as easy. So that's, that's key. Um, yeah, working on performance management, just helping trying to streamline parts of the organization, leadership development, training, culture assessment, all these stuff. I mean, it's just never end. So it's trying to get, you know, we kind of put together a, a red, yellow, green chart in the beginning. Red is you have got an issue. We got to address this now. Yellow high, high, is, high business risks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like real dollars. Yellow is problem. It can wait. We're going to get to it. And green is you're good. And so we build a project plan around the red and the yellows and really try and work on that. And then you can always improve the greens down the road. The interesting thing is, is it just becomes this nonstop relationship where you're working on projects and they get interrupted with fires. You know, one employee sexually harassed another employee and we just told him not to do it again. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. No, bad call. You know, so it's like, and next thing you know, or there's investigations, all these different things that go on in an organization. And the only way to avoid it is to not hire human beings, but that's just not Good luck with that. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so that's just some of the stuff that we're doing there. So isn't that interesting? You just gave the example of uh, the leader going, all right, we'll just outsource this out of sight, out of mind. Let me get back to whatever I'm doing. What I like to do as an analogy is like think think of a business as a car mm -hmm. and the CEO is driving the car. Okay. And they got the directions, they got the wheel and all this good stuff. And the car is the business, right? It's the product or the service. And the engine are the people. Yeah. The engine's not running well, you know, three cylinders aren't firing, things aren't gonna go well. Yeah. And you know, I'm sure you know the statistics, right? Like 80% of people don't find meaning and lack of engagement, yes. all those kinds of good stuff. To me, it's like the place that has the greatest untapped potential mm -hmm. to take your business to you know levels you'd never imagined. If you could take that engine and go, all right, let's add 50% more horsepower to this thing. Yeah. Not by adding more people, but just tapping what's already there. Yeah. And to ignore that and kind of go, huh, okay. Someone else will deal with that. Well, I'll give you, Seems I'll give you some examples of that. Like one of our greatest joys at Coastal, at least on the leadership team, is seeing employees achieve life goals, mm, right. getting married, maybe being able to afford that ring, being able to take a trip with their child that they didn't think they could ever afford, building a house or buying a house. And, and a real personal example, you know, we hired a young lady that taught my kids how to swim, okay? And she'd watch the kids and babysit from time to time. Quite a family. And the reason I knew we needed to hire is because every time my wife and I would come back from a date is our, our pantry would be completely reorganized or the fridge was completely clean. I'm like, gosh, you have these special powers and we got to apply it to, to Coastal. So lo and behold, she becomes an employee. About a year and a half later, she becomes pregnant and she called it her Coastal baby because she had such a hard time getting pregnant prior in her prior job because she was always so stressed out and, and had failed pregnancies. And so, you know, that baby actually came and visited us. It's so meaningful that maybe it's not true, but she feels that way. 
Like that's a life achievement. And there's probably, we've had so many babies in the last year and a half that we started creating coastal onesies and giving them out. It's just unbelievable. But that, it just means a lot that people are able to enrich their lives. And I do believe they feel it's authentic and they are committed to the company. It just changes the performance. It changes the customer experience. For sure. It's kind of funny we're saying that. You, you mentioned Matt failing earlier and uh, invited Matt over to my house for, for dinner here. Oh, no way. In a few weeks. He got back. So, yeah, the state works, but um, I got to find someone to watch the kids. I kind of jokingly said, dude, you got a bunch of people working for you. Is it asking too much to have someone from work? Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I would say, like, is that asking too much? And he comes back and is like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm thinking about talking, asking so and so and so and so. Totally. I mean, that yeah, just totally. says we're a family. Yeah, yeah, I got kids. You watch. I mean, it's yeah. just a different type of mindset about well, what and business they wouldn't can do be. it if they didn't really like him. Right. And that's, that's not why he's doing it, but he's a, a great leader because it comes from his heart. Exactly. And people work for him because they know he cares about them. So that's a big point, Jenny. You can't wing this. You can't make this up. Either you believe in people, you believe in all the things you're talking about, because you try to fake it, people yeah. just aren't going to buy it. They're yeah. going to see the, through the that a nanosecond. BS in humans is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, really. Believe it or not, we're getting towards the end of the podcast already here. Yeah, wow. I always like to end with, uh, what's the big idea? What takeaway, you know, of all the things we talked about, all the cool things you're doing, what's one big idea do you want a business leader to, like, remember from this podcast? I mean, look, my, my strength has always been culture. Like, that's what I know. Like, I, I'm not a metrics guy. I would have Craig on here talking about how he spreadsheets things out and he finds, you know, potential and opportunity. That I mean, that's just not it. I, I do think that's important. For me, it's like really creating a culture from the beginning from a place of authenticity, right? Where you genuinely are doing it because you want it to be a place where people want to be. It was always our intent. In the beginning, we couldn't afford like great, what we envisioned were top leaders. And I'll give you an example. Um, I worked at, at ADP uh, with a lady by the name of uh, Jennifer Conway. And when I was at ADP, and she, I, I mean, she was just a superstar salesperson, uh, ended up going on to lead, you know, sales for ADP for San Diego, Orange County in Hawaii, like a real awesome person, took a break to raise her kids in about 10 years. Now, I had always tried to recruit her to come sell, but I could not afford, quote unquote, that person. And, you know, because the person of that experience is, has an expectation. Lo and behold, we, we create this great culture and uh, we grow. And 10 years later, we're at a soccer game. Our kids are playing each other. I'm like, Jen, when are you going to come work for me? She's like, I may be interested. And so then we were then at a position where she was very interested because of the opportunity we could provide her in her life, above and beyond any compensation, but really some autonomy to be a mom and have the opportunity to, you know, reach her full potential in the role. And she came on board. She then recruited two other all-star salespeople. And then when we needed a COO, she recruited Denora Sanchez, who is our current COO, who was a, a very high-level executive ADP who had retired and hated retirement. My point is that from the start, right, we focused on having a culture of authenticity, but it created potential down the road through growth and bringing on people that only the fruits of the labor continue to surface years down the road. You know, I don't 
It's if, an investment, right? It is. And, it, and sometimes you're like, oh, everyone's out to get us, including the police. Well, if you go into it with that mindset, you're going to see that. But if you just try and help people really reach their potential and have an opportunity to, it turns out different. And that, at least to date, has been really cool to see. I think I, I love how you, how you said that because back to the idea that it's an investment that mm-hmm. you don't know that's going to happen five years from now. You didn't know that was going to happen 10 yeah. years from now. And I think that's part of the problem if you have just pure mindset of business, like do this, get that. Yeah, I mean, there right. should be some black and white return on my right. investment. And people stuff doesn't work that way. No. You just got to believe and know because you know it works in you. You've seen it work in other people. That yeah. If I invest, yeah. there'll and be a return. Only- and I might not know, it might not come back the way I thought it was going to yeah. come back, but it'll come back. It's not going to be on the same timeline for everyone. Right. Usually it's going to work out well. Well, your people were right. This was a lot of fun. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say it was the best podcast because I might get me in trouble with some That's other right. people. But man, I really enjoyed talking to you That's and everything cool. you're doing and saying. That's the idea of this podcast is bring leaders like you in there, come in and saying there's way more to this than just making money. And oh, by the way, if you do these things, the money shall come. Yeah. Yeah. Proven out. 10X I hear. That's the rumor. (laughs) 10X. (laughs) Well, Johnny, thank you for taking the time to come in today and share your story and truly appreciate the work you're doing here in San Diego and the impact that you're having. Awesome, man. That's our show for today. And if you enjoyed it, please subscribe and comment. And most importantly, share the podcast with a friend. Again, special thanks to our collaborative community of San Diego business organizations, the Better Business Bureau, Conscious Capitalism, and Be Local, who are all using the influence of business to positively impact our very own community of San Diego. I'm Jeff Blanton from Jailbreak Leadership saying, until next time, go do what you do. Go do what you do best, for we are all counting on you.